there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I'm so excited for this episode because it's really the first of what you can expect from here on out on the podcast. If you're just joining us, the first four episodes include a brief introduction and a deep dive into the mission of Brave Marriage. So if you haven't already, feel free to check those out. But July is here, and as I mentioned in episode three, that means we're going to start to break things way down. What I plan to do from here on out, with a few exceptions, is to bring you 10 to 15 minute teachings each week. Call them mini coaching sessions, if you will, on practical skills and tools you can use in your marriage that I know for a fact, when implemented, make all the difference in the world. So we are focusing the month of July on communication for a few reasons. First, a great marriage requires great communication. Now, to be clear, there are other things that go into a great marriage, and therapists will tell you that communication is not the end-all be-all in marriage, but it helps significantly. Second, I wanted to start with communication because The degree to which you're able to really understand and implement these concepts will tell you a lot about your individual and marital health. Here's what I mean by that. Couples who get it and practice these skills in the way they were intended to be practiced likely have a relationship that's built on emotional safety, trust, and mutual respect. On the other hand, couples who really have trouble getting and implementing these skills are likely to have other factors in the relationship that need to be addressed first, like emotional safety, trust, and mutual respect. In which case, that would be your cue to seek the support of a marriage therapist in your state. Now, if you want some more information on this, you can visit bravemarriage.com quiz, and I've created a free research-based quiz for you where you can get more specific information to your relationship and I will send you your results, one action step for whatever category you fell into, and then some more information about next steps for your marriage to improve it, whether it's relationship coaching or whether it's more marriage therapy. Okay, and third, I'm starting with communication in marriage because it's been so significant in my own marriage. When I was in graduate school, I had the privilege of working for Mary Ortwine, a licensed marriage and family therapist who'd developed a user-friendly communication curriculum. As I mentioned in the first episode, Evan and I attended a workshop of hers together, and no joke, it changed our lives. Not only did it help to significantly improve the quality of our four-month-old marriage, but it changed the way I related to others in my business, in my work with clients, and in my everyday interactions. Under Mary's supervision, I went on to become a certified relationship enhancement educator, therapist, and coach, and one of the first rewarding experiences I had with teaching couples this material was back in 2013. I was co-leading a communication workshop with a colleague, and a couple who'd been married 20-plus years had been persuaded by friends to come. They were a little skeptical, as I honestly probably would have been too, to attend a workshop led by two women in their mid-twenties who had a collective seven years of marriage under their belt at the time. But 
At the end of the six-week workshop, this couple shared with the whole room that they'd been to other communication-based workshops before, but only left with technique. After the workshop we led, they left with a deeper connection, and they now had a way to facilitate that at home. They also wondered aloud where their marriage could have been had they learned and practiced these communication skills in their first few years, as opposed to after the first couple of decades. Now, I share that story with you because I know how hard it is to viscerally get the importance of this, especially in the first few years of marriage when things are still seemingly fine because, well, we just don't know what we don't know. But I'll bet that if you ask any older couple about perpetual issues in their marriage or things that came up later that they had no idea were latent issues waiting to surface, they'd tell you they've experienced one or the other. And so this is why learning how to communicate now is so important. To have tools in your toolbox to deepen your connection with each other, and that will only set you up well when more difficult discussions come to surface. Okay, so without further ado, our topic for today is how to really listen. Sounds pretty basic, right? But let me ask you something. Have you ever thought or heard these words come out of your or your spouse's mouth? You're not listening to me. Have you ever said that? Heard it? Why is that such a common phrase? And what's the common rebuttal to that statement? If Evan says, Kinsey, you're not listening to me, then most likely I say something like, I am listening, but this is what I think. This is my perspective, or here's what I think you should do, right? Because here's what happens. When I only half listen or I listen with my own agenda, I think to myself, if only my dear sweet spouse could understand where I'm coming from or see things from my point of view. But what a double standard, because that's exactly what my spouse wanted from me all along, and yet... I was presumptuous enough to think that I could explain away my spouse's thoughts, feelings, and concerns by trying to replace them with my own. And that's, in effect, what we're doing when we listen to respond instead of listening to understand. And so that's where we'll start today when it comes to really listening with a mindset shift of our own, and it's this. Repeat after me. My spouse has an equally valid and legitimate way of thinking, feeling, and reasoning. Now, I'm just playing with you here, but listen to it again. My spouse has an equally valid and legitimate way of thinking, feeling, and reasoning. Do you believe it when you hear it? What about when you say it? Because if you don't, first, know you're not alone. It's a hard but necessary mindset shift that has to happen if we want good marriages and good communication. But second, if you have a hard time believing this, it's for one of three reasons that I'll call the three Ps. Pride, personality, or parents who've let you believe that you were the greatest thing since sliced bread. And for many of us millennials, let's be honest, it's a little bit of all three, oftentimes. In which case, I'll refer us back to episode two, Growing as Individuals. Now, 
What I just told you would have been hard for me to wrestle with at one point. When my pride wouldn't let me admit my pride. Or when I lacked a certain self-awareness of my own personality quirks. But here's what I know about you. That because you're listening to the Brave Marriage Podcast, you're the type of person who's both open to hearing what's true and also willing to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable for the sake of an even better, more wholehearted life and marriage. Because see, we can't get about the business of really listening to our spouse if we choose to believe that our spouse's thoughts, feelings, and concerns aren't worth our time and energy to understand. Which is exactly what we communicate to our spouses every time we say something to the effect of, yeah, but, I hear you, but, I understand, but. So that's a good check for you this week. If you hear yourself say the word, but, after listening to your spouse, use it as a cue to stop yourself in your tracks, shift your mindset, and remind yourself, My spouse has an equally valid and legitimate way of thinking, feeling, and reasoning. And even if you only believe this to be 10% true, well, 10% is enough to open your mind to the possibility of another perspective. Okay, once you shift your mindset, the next thing you do is put your own perspective on hold. So I want you to imagine that you're talking with your spouse on the phone, and you're in the middle of something he or she is telling you. Another call comes through and you say, hey babe, can you hold on for a sec? There's someone on the other line. And lo and behold, that someone is you. Your own thoughts and feelings have just interrupted your conversation with your spouse. And you have two options here. Carry on a conversation with yourself about what your spouse just told you, or Put yourself on hold and continue listening to your spouse. And spoiler alert, the second option is what we want to do here. Because if we choose to carry on a conversation with ourselves, our spouse will probably lose interest in finishing what he or she was saying. But when we choose to put ourselves on hold, nothing is lost. Because I promise, our own perspective will still be there by the time we're finished listening. And by doing this, everyone gains because we'll actually have all the information and understanding we need to form a relevant perspective in the first place. I sometimes say it to clients this way. Put your own perspective on the back burner of your mind so that you can stay focused on your spouse's perspective. And here's the fabulous thing about this. When we put our own perspective on hold, we're also setting aside our judgments. And when our spouses can have our attention and the safety of a judgment-free zone, then they're free to be honest with us without fear of how we'll react, and we're free to drop our defenses and actually meet our spouses where they are. And that's the third step of how to really listen. Get curious about your spouse's inner world. Now, this may or may not be news to you, but your spouse lives in a completely different world than you do. And right about now, some of you are sarcastically saying, no kidding. Tell me about it. But what I mean is, your spouse is shaped by their own unique personality, family upbringing, life experience, and psychology. Which means that the lens through which they see the world 
is completely different from the lens through which you view the world. I'll give you an example. Let's say your spouse gets home from work, walks through the door, and says, I've had a really crappy day. You have a few options of how to process that in your mind. You could make a judgment about why your spouse's day was crappy by thinking to yourself, if only you'd be this way or that way, things wouldn't be so hard for you at work. Or, you shouldn't have bad days, you should be happy all the time, and especially to see me when you get home. You could make an assumption that your spouse is about to complain about the same thing he or she does every day. You could make a comparison by comparing your day to your spouse's and trying to one-up him or her by saying your day was worse. Or you could get curious about your spouse's inner world, asking yourself things like, I wonder if something was different about today. Who was particularly hard to deal with? What situation came up? How did that affect my spouse? And how did he or she see that event? Why did my spouse interpret it that way? What's behind it? Do you see the difference? When we get curious about our spouse's inner world, we open ourselves up to the opportunity of knowing each other better. But when we judge, assume, or compare, J-A-C, we jack up the opportunity to really listen and really understand. Okay, I could go on, but I'm realizing I'm around the 15-minute mark, so to recap, if we want to really practice really listening to our spouse, the first thing we have to do is shift our mindset to believe my spouse has an equally valid and legitimate way of thinking, feeling, and reasoning. Next, we've got to put our own perspective on hold. And finally, We have to learn to get curious about our spouse's inner world. And friends, that's just the internal work. Everything we've covered today happens in our own mind and heart, which is where healthy communication starts, is it not? Next week, we'll get into what to look for specifically in your spouse's inner world and how to then communicate that to your spouse so he or she knows you're listening and that you understand. All right, friends, your action step for today is think about one thing your spouse has told you recently that you don't quite understand or that you may have even dismissed and walk yourself through these three steps of how to really listen. Now, this is a reflective exercise because intentional change always starts in the mind first, not necessarily in the moment, though that follows. And if you need a visual reminder, you can find these three steps listed in the show notes for this episode or at bravemarriage.com slash 005. Oh, and that reminds me, if you don't have an iPhone, I'm told that you can subscribe to the Brave Marriage podcast via the podcast player app that you can download onto your device. I know some of you have friends who've asked where to find the podcast other than at bravemarriage.com. So please let them know that they can subscribe that way. My prayer for our marriages this week is that we'd be quick to listen and slow to speak. Can't wait to be back with you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a Love is not a
bomb Love is just as fragile as it is